WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Ace of Lacrosse Sportsland and by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. It is uh, coming up, or, well, it is 8, uh, 8.28 here, and talking a little bit uh, this morning here, yeah, getting out and, well, it is the uh, the first weekend here of uh, uh, archery and crossbow season here in the uh, in Wisconsin anyway for uh, for the deer hunt. Um, I wish they wouldn't stand in the middle of the road sometimes, but anyway, that's, that's just, that's just me. Just, uh, you know, part of the fun of just, is, is just, you know, I was out last weekend driving around and, and checking things out and, yeah, I, you know, seeing how, uh, what the countryside looks like, of course, and invariably. There's always a deer standing in the road somewhere. Fortunately, it's uh, they've been far enough away that I haven't had to had too haven't had too many issues or whatever. But never a never. And then they just look at you like what what? It's like sometimes they you know they are not the brightest animals in the world. But anyhow, we'll. Uh, uh, and uh, speaking of the uh, the deer hunt, if if you haven't had a chance to to take a look at it here, that uh, um, the uh, uh, forecast anyway for the uh, the upcoming uh, deer hunt season for uh, for Wisconsin anyway, the DNR put this out uh, about a week ago or so for the uh, I guess sort of a uh, a preview, if you will, of the upcoming season uh, seasons. For uh, deer hunting here in Wisconsin, but uh, uh, in this part of the world anyway, uh, should be uh, shouldn't be too bad anyway. Um, I guess is maybe the easiest way to to put it anyway. But uh, uh, the uh, the deer populations in uh, and I'm I'm just looking at the the report here uh, that uh, in Buffalo and Trumpelo counties the deer populations are stable to increasing. Uh, there was a a very mild winter and a fast green up this spring. Uh, antler growth should be excellent this year, says wildlife biologist Mark Rasmussen. Uh, Should be plenty of opportunities to uh, fill the freezer with antlerless deer. Uh, Buffalo County will offer three antlerless harvest authorizations per license, and two will be available in Trempolo County. Uh, Buffalo County will also offer the holiday hunt and extended archery slash crossbow season as well. And according to local wildlife technicians Kale Severson and Anna Johns in La Crosse and Monroe counties, the deer herd experienced a very mild winter uh, and easy access to food resources from unpicked agriculture. Uh, combining that with a strong population heading into the winter uh, will result in another year of strong deer hunters, or deer numbers, I should say. Uh, Monroe County will offer two antlerless harvest authorizations per license in the farmland zone, with bonus authorizations available in the forest and farmland zone portions of the county. Uh, here in La Crosse County, uh, they'll offer one antlerless harvest authorization per license and will offer both the holiday hunt and extended archery slash crossbow season. And uh, I guess the last uh, look at the report here anyway is that uh, deer populations in Crawford and Vernon counties are stable to slightly increasing, and deer are abundant overall in both counties. I'll attest to the deer population in Vernon County. <laughs> They're there. Um, however, there may be uh, localized lower-than-expected numbers. According to biologist Dan Goltz, uh, EHD has killed several hundred deer in localized position or portions of Vernon and Crawford counties last summer. 
uh, mostly in low-lying areas that experienced flooding that left pools of stagnant water ideal uh, for the midge that transmit, uh, transmits uh, EHD. Uh, both counties will issue three antlerless harvest authorizations per license and will offer the holiday hunt and extended archery and crossbow seasons. So there is, uh, there is that. So, yeah, on the whole, shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be too bad in terms of, uh, the, the hunting this, the, this fall anyway. I do have to, I, I, you know, I do have to say that I, I miss seeing the, you know, when, you know, you had to take them into the stations and, and registration stations and things like that. You could always see just some gorgeous deer or whatever. Now you don't, now they can just, you can just do it on your phone and you don't really get a chance to see it that much anymore, but. Anyway, I'll just go out to my brother-in-law's house and my nephew. They're pretty good hunters, and they usually will uh, get one or two during the uh, the course of the season here. So, anyhow, that's a look at the uh, the deer forecast uh, here on this uh, opening day of the archery slash crossbow season here in uh, uh, in Wisconsin. Um, so there is. Uh, there is that. I also wanted to touch on uh, one other thing, too, um, before I got to, too far away, anyhow, is that, uh, um, and I've had this happen a couple of, fortunately, I haven't had it happen, uh, I had it happen once this spring, but it, it hasn't been uh, hasn't been too bad otherwise, and it just, it happens once in a while, uh, and that's uh, what happens if you deep hook a fish, um, and you know, like I said, it, it hasn't happened to me this summer, but uh, uh, had it happened to a, a buddy of mine, and, and uh, that's kind of what what we were just talking about it the other day, and and, and just uh, uh, like uh, yeah, I should I haven't talked about this in a while, but uh, um, you know when you know that fish just takes that whole bait and hook and everything right down in its mouth. Um, I mean, yeah, it's one thing if you're going to keep the fish, but if it's something you know like a, a a northern or something like that that maybe you you know you don't necessarily you know or a bass or something like that that you want to put back um yeah that can be a, a bit of a a challenge anyway you know and sometimes too you know it, it just and I'll I'll fess up that that when it happened you know I was a little slow on the hook set which kind of allowed the fish to really uh inhale that hook rather than than you know like you normally would, you know, you'd catch it on the, the corner of its mouth or on a, the roof of its mouth or something, you know, a more normal hook set, if you will. Um, and, you know, and it did get me to think, thinking, too, that, that, you know, it happens probably more often than uh, uh, than we admit or, or will say. Um, while probably losing maybe a couple of sunfish, you know, I did manage to get the hooks out, by the way, uh, uh with what appeared to be minimal damage anyhow. But again, you know, if, if you, you know, something like, uh, you know, a walleye or a muskie, you know, you just want to get a, a picture of it and, and put it back. Or, you know, I mean, it, it, in terms of a walleye, it could, you know, you may catch one that, that isn't uh, in that slot, the right slot size. So you got to return it. So, you know, I mean, it, it um, you know, it's uh, um, something to, to, to think about anyway, that uh, probably a, a good little, skill necessarily to, to maybe, uh, uh, brush up on a little bit. Um, and just a, uh, little report that I found from the DNR on this, um, 
talking about muskies anyway, uh, and this uh, and here's what it said: a traditional method utilizes a large hook through the uh, the bait fish's snout, which requires the muskie to swallow the bait prior to hook set. Uh, adult muskies were held in lined hatchery ponds and caught while fishing with live bait on uh, ten aught hooks. Uh, the leader was cut and the muskie was released uh, when hooked in the stomach. Uh, survival was monitored for up to a year. Uh, no immediate mortality uh, within or less than 24 hours anyway. Uh, however, a little less than a quarter of the, the hooked muskies died within 50 days and 83% died within a year. And uh, when they did necropsies uh, uh, on these fish, uh, it showed extensive trauma to the stomach and other organs from the hooks along with the uh, systemic uh, bacterial infections that, of course, you know, come along with, uh, you know, wounds and things along those lines. Although the use of live bait for muskie is traditional in Wisconsin, uh, terminal tackles such as quick strike rigs that hook fish in the mouth or uh, buccal cavity should enhance the chances of uh, uh, that a released muskie will survive. And so, you know, it, it, it happens. The report didn't say how many muskies were involved in the study, but, you know, you kind of get the idea here that, um, you know, and studies of other fish showed you know, similar results. Uh, bass mortality was higher in cases where the line was cut by the uh, the hook eye as opposed to uh, leaving a bit of line hanging out the out of the uh, the fish's mouth. the uh, The study showed quote that the lengths of line hanging from a fish's mouth kept the hook shank flat against the side of the esophagus and allowed food to pass. Uh, without the line, the food could move the hook uh, and close the throat. So, and still there were a higher percentage of fish that died with the uh, the hook remaining inside compared with ones that uh, had the hooks removed. So it's important to remove the hook if if you're planning on releasing the fish you know, back into the water, uh, regardless of species. Uh, if not, leave a little line hanging out uh, rather than cut it by the hook eye. Uh, so that means you know, uh, as far as tools, having a, a long nose pliers or you know a hemostat along with you, uh, uh, ready to go to to get that hook out uh, as best you can. Uh, if it's uh, deeply inside the fish. Now, I did find a, 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 a good method uh, from the, uh, the folks of In Fisherman Magazine, and that it, it, it works. Uh, I've used it. So, uh, and I would like to, uh, to share that with you today, especially since uh, you know, this is, again, the time of year where we're seeing you know, larger fish and bigger fish, you know, and, and, well, larger fish anyway, uh, this time of year, whether it's panfish or you know, northern's musky, you're not necessarily muskies, but uh, walleyes was what I was trying to say. Um, but yeah, here is that uh, here is that technique here, and I'll uh, describe it as best I can here on the uh, on the radio here this morning here. And with the the start out with the the hook in the gullet, uh, note which side of the fish's mouth the hook shank is toward, and then with a finger or two, reach in through the last gill arch on that side of the fish and push and pull down on the hook eye so the hook turns and rolls out towards the gill, uh, toward the side of the fish. At that point, um, amazingly it says here, the hook, barb and all, almost always pops free from its hold in the fish's gullet. Uh, you know, reach into the fish's mouth and bend the grip, or and grip the bend in the hook, which is now up, and, you know, lift it free. Uh, if the fish's mouth is too small to reach in with your hand, uh, use a needle nose pliers or a hemostat, one of those tools anyway, to, uh, to grip the hook bend. Um, the technique also works great on walleye, smallmouth, and other fish, uh, usually taken on 
smaller hooks, you know, often salmon-style hooks. Um, one of the keys, of course, to doing this is getting it done as quickly as possible to return the fish to the water, uh, you know. So, you know, and again, um, you know, you, you spread that out, you know, over walleyes, trout, bass, panfish, uh, all other types of game fish in the rivers and lakes in our area. So, it, I mean, it really is our responsibility to improve our abilities and, and limit this type of, of waste of the, the resource, uh, especially when uh, a lot of us uh, practice catch and release for a, a number of species. Uh, bass and trout are probably the best examples I can think of, but certainly there are, are others, uh, you know, northerns, muskies, uh, what have you. Um, I suppose in, in, in some respects, now that I think about it, that uh, a lot of folks do practice catch and release on, on certain species. You know, I mean, certainly if, you know, you catch a hand, you know, a <laughs> potato chip sized bluegill, you're not going to keep that and you know, you're going to throw that, but you know what I mean? Uh, you know, so you, you, you know, if it's a little small, you, you put it back, let it grow to a, a larger fish. So, but what I'm suggesting anyway is that uh, uh, you uh, maybe think about, uh, um, in some cases, depending on what you're doing, um, think about using maybe barbless hooks for uh, for fishing. You know, I mean, it, it just like I said, it's just something to think about anyhow. Um, certainly not something that you know you need to do, but you know, if you're confident in your your technique and your ability, okay. But if not. Eh, something to uh, to think about here too, and and there's certainly some perfect examples here in the uh, in the area here. Trout fishing, for instance, um, you know we've got I would say world class streams within uh, a 50 mile radius of Lacrosse. I mean, how much you know stream mileage is there really in the in in uh, you know here in Wisconsin? Uh, across the river in Minnesota, in northeastern Iowa, in there. I mean, it just, you know, I think people would be amazed at how many miles of, of really quality trout streams there there are. But anyway, uh, before I digress too much here, um, you know, the majority of, of trout fishermen that I know uh, practice catch and release fishing as, as well as using, you know, barbless hooks. Um, you know, in, in fact, you know, barbless hooks are, Kind of part and parcel for uh, uh, for trout fishing, really. Um, in uh, in a lot of cases, and you know, I, I've never heard anybody complain, and and I'm I'm guessing they have, but I just I haven't heard them anyway complain that uh, uh, people have lost a trout because of a barbless hook. You still got the tussle, you still got the bite. Yeah, they can throw the hook, but again, you know, any so can any other fish for that matter. Um, but you know that's uh, fish gets off the line. Hey, that's uh, that's part of the experience. You know, it just is. It's part of the fun. It really is. Um, and and I believe this. You know, this the, the same holds true out on the Mississippi or the backwaters or you know on the lakes or wherever in the area here, regardless of species. You know, um, in fact, some of the research uh, I've seen shows that. Uh, sometimes it's actually easier to uh, uh, fish with a barbless hook. Uh, it penetrates th- into the tough mouth a little easier than with the barb. 
so if you know you keep a tight line, you still got an excellent chance to to bring the fish in. If not, uh, chalk it up to the big one that got away. <laughs> Which uh, been there, done that, and uh, have the T-shirt uh, in in various colors and shapes and sizes. Well, uh, you know that's just the uh, the way it goes. So anyhow, uh, that's just kind of a, a look at uh, you know what happens if you uh, you get that. Uh, that deep hooked fish, and especially again, uh, you know, it, it it happens from from time to time. Fortunately, you know, try to to limit that sort of thing, but it uh, again it happens. So just uh, just be prepared and be ready for it. It is uh, coming up on eight forty five. I'm going to take a short break and then come back with more of WKTY Outdoors in just a few moments. You're listening to WKTY ninety six seven FM five eighty AM. <laughs> 